and 100.9 FM KWWN Las Vegas. The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Five o'clock hour, Cofield and Company. We were just getting ready for the college football season, NFL season. We're going to be doing that, you know, for the next whatever six, seven weeks. Actually, shorter than that. I can't wait for college football season to start. I'm excited. Some crazy news in the off season with uh, Northwestern and now Michigan with a four game suspension uh, for Jim Harbaugh. I want to get to that because obviously that one hits close to home with UNLV playing Michigan in those first four games and. Uh, my Rutgers squad also playing him in the first four games. So Brad Powers talking about it earlier, saying, uh, "You know, no offense, no offense." Well, what do you call them? Tomato cans. Come on, easy. Why? Are, why is that a negative thing too? Tomato cans are. You ever look up the definition? No. You should look it up. Okay. I'd like to find out. I don't. I actually. You don't have to oh, do it right you, now. Oh, no, you no, said no, that no. like you yeah, knew. Yeah, no, 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 I don't. Um, I'd wonder, you know, where it came from. I feel like it's very prevalent in fight sports. Uh, Demond is here. It's Cofield, JVT. It's our 5 o'clock hour on Cofield and Company. It is brought to you by our friends at Nova Home Loans. You want to call John at Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. I know right now it seems daunting to get into another house because of the interest rates, but uh, John's got some good programs about buying down the rate and also some uh, ways to work the numbers so that you're going to be saving a lot of money. So he'll get into the details. I am no expert, but Nova Home Loans, trust me, we did a lot of good work with Nova Home Loans. Uh, for about five years, and uh, they're back on board with us, and we hooked all you guys up with great refi deals, and people made good money off of that. So same guys, same guys, 576-2600. Give them a call if you're looking for something new, and you're like, damn it, these rates. John will talk you through it, 577-2600. So. Want the definition? I do. That was a good uh, That was good timing on that. Little pop for our friends at Nova, and then I can't believe you found it that quick. So obviously, you know, in fighting sports, the tomato cans of fight are low skills. Uh, but the name is believed, according to Urban Dictionary, uh, the name is believed to come from the fact that tomato cans leak red fluid, i.e., blood, mm. like a can of tomato sauce. Okay. Bobby the Fist Punch a Lot looks pretty tough, but he's just a tomato can. That's the example. Can I counter? Brad Powers on UNLV. It's going to be a really tough game for the Rebels. Can I take a little or a fans take a little solace in the fact that the rally for Jimbo will happen in week one? Like that, I think that's actually a buzzsaw spot for the first opponent. Can I be a little optimistic there? That maybe they win so easily in week one, they're like, yeah, UNLV, who cares? No. Okay. Uh, because yeah, I would yeah. say this. Come on, you want to jump? You want to pile on? Well, here, here's the problem, yeah. and this is not anti-UNLV. Yeah. Uh, if there's a coach out there, and I you know he's not going to be on the sideline, but this will be, yeah. I, I would yeah. think, uh, you know, uh, expressed in the he, meetings. He is a son of a bitch. He did run up the score. He'll, yep. He does it every yeah. time against these opponents. Does it every single time. And whether I, it's I like felt a, that pain right? as a Rutgers guy. He, he smoked him uh, one of the years, like 77-7. He won't stop. Because I mean, here's the thing, too. In, in, and I kind of get it, right? Because when you're in a position to maybe make the college football playoff and at the end of the year, every little thing's going to matter, you want to look as dominant and possible in almost every single metric, whether it's just flat-out scores, offensive numbers, whatever it's going to be. 
running up the score only benefits you as a team. And Harbaugh does it better than I think anybody else. Yeah. By the way, I was way too uh, complimentary of uh, Rutgers' performance in 2016. They actually lost 78 nothing. They were there. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. A couple first downs at least, right? I don't know. And Michigan might be super focused as UNLV went to Notre Dame last year and had a very competitive match with the Fighting Irish. So I'm being serious. They cover. They actually went to Michigan with Sanchez and played a pretty competitive game. I remember that too. For a while. Uh, Michigan wasn't Michigan now, though. Don't tell me. Blake Decker? Was it? Yeah, I think so, right? Running around the field a little bit? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, we got to look it up. Um, So, yeah, we'll get to that inside of five minutes. So we're going to talk a little Colorado athletics at 5.30. One of our buddies from the fan in Denver is going to come in. And I want to see what the reaction is because I think it's going to be all over the place. On CU moving, they're trying to get it done, moving from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. We can Let's put aside the, hey, the Pac-12 is going to collapse. We'll get to that in a second because I don't believe it's going to collapse. Should the Big 12 want Colorado? Uh, I think that's a weird question, only that, like, is are there better options? You know what I mean? If the deal is there where it's like, hey, you need two more Power Fives, and that's one of them, to get, you know, to rework this TV deal, and if there's no better options than Colorado and whatever the surprise team might be in the Explain Pac-12. that part, though, about the Power Five part. So if the Big 12 gets, I think part of the deal is if they get two, if they add two more Power Five schools, then they get to cancel the rights deal, correct, and then renegotiate it. So if that's the case, then I would say they just fit a need. It doesn't matter what type of program it is. Just give me another Power 5 in here, and maybe that's what they're shooting for. And so if that is the case, then I would say, yeah, it, it's a good fit, only because now you've cut down your need of Power 5 schools to just one. Now, if it's, hey, you're not going to get another one, so it's going to be Colorado and then another group of five, I think there's an argument to be made that you might want to maybe shoot for some other group of fives that might be better suited and better fits for the conference overall because the Pac-12 is not going to be missing Colorado that much. And so maybe you can go around and find some, some group of five schools that will, I think, fit better and maybe have some more upper mobility because, you know, they really care about their athletics and whatnot. It has been reported that Colorado, in a second day of meeting, said, all right, we're going. Oh, you see the press, or the press release on the Big 12? They're back. So they're back. I, I, they're back to what? Because they ain't back to the Big Eight. <laughs> right. That's my love of uh, conference realignment. Like Colorado's back. Yeah, but Nebraska's gone and Oklahoma's gone, and well, they're going to be gone. Like Nebraska, Colorado was a gigantic rivalry. It's not exactly the same conference. Yeah, Colorado, Central Florida. Trident, true rivalry. The history. Yes. Yeah, um, which is funny. All four. Yeah, I'll say it. All four of. The additions this year in the Big 12, I would actually be annoyed that Colorado's in. Like, we're better. So you better get more money because if we're splitting and we're getting less money, we're all better programs in Colorado. And by the way, that includes Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And since he in a transition now, I think the Cougars in Houston are going to freaking take off. And, boy, I can't wait until the Big 12 finds out about what BYU is. And I'll leave it open-ended. Because that school has money. It's got an entire church behind it. Mm-hmm. And UNLV found out with Aiden Robbins, who I think real interesting choice. I'll yes. say it again. Going from one of the three most diverse student bodies in the country at UNLV 
and going to Provo. It's not for everybody. I'll say that. I know it ain't for me. I'll pass. But the BYU has gobs of money. In fact, I, I think I'll have to double check. I think they still have their deal in place where every single player on the team, including walk-ons, gets money. And for the walk-ons, enough to cover school. That's a good deal. Hmm. So you can only imagine if player – I'll stop at 85. I think it goes beyond that, but we'll say if player 85 is getting, say, 30 grand plus, Aiden Robbins got something good. And that's what the Big 12 is facing now, which maybe that's what they want. Hey, you know what? You come in and you're one of the big boys right away. So that'll be – that's going to be real interesting. But I wonder how BYU feels about – Colorado. I, I also wonder if the Big 12 starts reaching out. Who are the other Power Fives? I know Thamel had a list of potential schools that could go to the Big 12, or did he have potential schools that could go to the Pac-12? He just so he named a couple of teams that would go to the Pac-12 potentially. Okay. Or and it was uh, it was Brett McMurphy, my guy, my friend. But I didn't know we were such good friends. That was um, weird. He came up uh, he gave me a hug. like he hadn't seen you in years. He gave me a hug. <laughs> I've talked to him before in many interviews, but I didn't know we were tight like that. I, so I actually Brett. I was getting ready for the show. I did not say hi. Um, but I won't tell the rest of the yeah. story. So no, I don't, know, I don't know why I was going to tell that story. But so UNLV was, was named as a team that by Thamel that could go to the Pac-12 to fill in a hole, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to, of one of the programs. Uh, Brett McMurphy named UNLV specifically in Big Twelve would add one group of five if they could not add another Power Five, and they were among four teams: UConn, Memphis, SDSU, or UNLV for mm-hmm. the Big Twelve. So UNLV's um, been named either way, yeah, in two different leaps to either the Pac-12. Or the Big 12, which is weird because, I don't know, I, I thought UNLV wasn't desired. I don't yeah, I don't know what the coverage of that has been the whole time. Right. Um, Pete Thamel from ESPN said Big 12, um, the preference of the Big 12 would be one of the other Pac-12 so-called four-corner schools. Right. Along with Colorado, candidates would be Arizona, Arizona State, or Utah, and then that would satisfy their need to get two Power 5 additions to then go back to ESPN and renegotiate the deal for more money for every single school. Makes sense. Yeah. UNLV fans should be more excited about the possibility of the Pac-12, right? That's George, George Klyavkov trying to hold this th- freaking thing together. Or don't even waste your time because Washington and Oregon have, you know, both feet out the door and maybe their little toe inside. I wonder how, f- you know, the problem is I don't know that they want to go to the Big 12 and they ain't getting invited to the Big 10 anytime soon. And that's, that's the desire for both of those to go to the Big Ten. Well, I think, though, so correct me if I'm wrong, because you know these things better. In terms of the way, like, the Mountain West works, there is, like, a staggering of payments, correct? Like, certain schools get a little bit more. Uh, Boise's got a special deal. Right. So, which they shouldn't. Which they shouldn't. It's no, absurd. but I'm using that as an example is if you're, you know, Klavkoff in the Pac-12, maybe you start to take shape like that, which is yeah. your, your four pillars probably get a little bit more of a bigger piece of the pie. But at the same time, you're probably upping the ante for teams that are going to come in to keep this thing together, like you're saying. Right. So not only keeping the pillars, but teams like your, your programs like UNLV, who might be of interest in the Big 12 and things that go their way, you're like, hey, man, come in, and you're still going to make more than you made in the Mountain West, and we'll even make you know we'll give you an even bigger piece of the action too because we want to keep this conference together. Wouldn't it be fascinating if uh, Gloria Navarez was hyper-aggressive as compared to Craig Thompson, who I think was more of a diplomat, mm-hmm. and – I don't know why they're not doing it now. It's like it's almost like we're the classy conference. You know what? Start reaching out. Make it public. Start reaching out now. Make a run at Oregon State, Washington State, whoever you – I mean, be realistic. Mm-hmm. And then maybe throw a flyer at a couple other schools just to 
just to bust some chops. Miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right? Why not be hyper-aggressive? I would, I would agree. Hey, we don't know about the, the future of the Pac-12, uh, but for Washington State and Oregon State, who else do you want to pick? Cal and Stanford. Right. There is a home for you in the Mountain West Conference. The line is open. Give us a call. I mean, uh, look, at the end of the day, these other conferences aren't being shy about going elsewhere, right, and trying to poach certain programs. Why wouldn't you? Because the Mountain West has always waited. But they shouldn't. Except when they formed the Mountain West, then they were hyper-aggressive, and I think they realized at that point they needed to have a knockout punch and break the backs of the whack. Mm-hmm. So they did it. But since then, they've been kind of, hey, whatever happens, we'll react to. It's not being reactionary. I don't want to say there's a danger of it, but like you know, this talk about like the the Pac-12 collapsing, for example. In reality, it's these conferences like the Mountain West. They're going to be sitting around and going like, "Oh, everybody's like leaving," and you know, our powers to be, whether it's San Diego State. um, No, notice how Boise State has been mentioned in a lot of this. You know, that's Um, funny because I wanted to follow up. The conference gave them, and you know what it is—you get caught in this pocket of time where someone's riding high, and Boise is very arrogant. I mean, even even as of. A couple of years ago, who was the uh, jabroni who went to uh, Auburn? Now I'm blanking on his on his name. Uh, the head oh, coach, yeah, Har- right? Was it Harson? Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, before he moved on to go to Auburn and then couldn't keep control of himself uh, and behave and keep things. You know, if you're not going to behave, you got to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, you know, something came public where it was like, we got to get out of this conference. And Boise's had that attitude like the last five years. But you're right. I'm seeing all these reports from the Big Twelve and the Pac-12. I don't see the team with the special deal from Mountain West being coveted by all these other conferences. Why did you do that in the first place? And the other, thing, where were they going? The arrogance when these conversations were happening around the Big Twelve. Remember, of fans like, <laughs> why would they consider UNLV? Because the market's better. Because the potential is better. Like same thing with everything else. Like it's not just it is sports. It's sports related. But there are so many other things at play here, which is why a sorry, but a program like Boise State is not as going to be as attractive as some of these other markets and these other programs. It's kind on, of funny. On to Jim Harbaugh getting a suspension for lying to the NCAA. There's a lot of takes on this. Um, let's bring in a big media star first, and then we'll actually listen to a college football expert. Here's your guy, Mad Dog Russo, who's based out of New York. And I'll just say this. Um, Growing up on WFAN while I was there, right, and I also got to work for Mad Dog Radio for a while uh, on Sirius XM, um, this is no slight against Mad Dog. He's not really a college football guy. He certainly never was when he was doing local New York radio, and he really isn't doing national radio. It's not his cup of tea, and he should be doing a lot of NFL, and it's Northeast Base where college football is not that big. Here he is flipping out about Jim Harbaugh. We're going to start with this disgraceful suspension that the NCAA has quote-unquote negotiated with Michigan about Harbaugh, who not only did some illegal things recruiting wise during the pandemic, lied to the NCAA about it. Lied. And so what does the NCAA come up with? A four-game suspension for the beginning of the year. He can coach all week and can't show up on game day. Against who? Not Ohio State. East Carolina. Vegas. Bowling Green and Rutgers. I can win those games. I mean, that is ridiculous. This is what the NCAA has come up with? With that asinine, stupid schedule? He has to not play in those games? when He he has to leave the facility at midnight, and he comes back at 11.59 the same day. So he's gone for 24 hours. That's it. He can coach all week. And this is a guy who lied. 
<laughs> such a good. It's just, I, man. He lied. <sighs> I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to go off the rails. I, I'm just. I'm not going to do it. He's the best. He's the best. The information's there, buddy. Uh, you can't just back away from the mic. Are you angling no. for a job at Mad Dog? Come I, on. I, I, do you I, want some music I, to uh, amp you up? I should, actually. I should do more yelling. I really should. I can play a random track if you need it. He lied! Yeah. You can do it. All right. I'm going to do it from now on. All right. Here's, here's college football expert Paul Feinbaum, who's also outraged about the Harbaugh suspension. Let's start with the NCAA. It, it's, it's beyond a clown show. It is a clown show. And the fact that, that they would sanction him for this uh, you know, is really beyond the pale. I mean, essentially, he, he's accused of buying somebody a hamburger and then not telling the truth about it. I mean, I, I'm starting to respect Jim Harbaugh for, for standing firm and, and refusing to go down the NCAA's path. This could have been over with a long time ago, but Harbaugh would not admit he lied. Uh, and, and, and because the NCAA is so backwards and so antediluvian, uh, they, they ended up with, with this agreement. Okay, who's right? <laughs> Feinbaum is mad at the NCAA, and Mad Dog is mad about that liar. I think Mad Dog's right. Do you? Yeah. Because he lied, Steve! He lied! Don't get, don't get mad about the yelling. It's a technique. He's genuinely outraged. I think I Feinbaum think, is more muted. Uh, I think Feinbaum, Feinbaum's right. Why? Because the, the, it's right. The NCAA is archaic in terms of the way they're enforcing a lot of these rules. And it, it, you know what it really does seem like on the surface? It seems like the NCAA, who seems to be losing its power by you know the passing day, is like, we got to do something here. Yeah. we got We got to flex our muscle maybe one last time. And what better way to do it than one of the most famous head coaches, if not the most famous head coach of the country, He's going to be suspended for four games. But in reality, you just you can't be on the sidelines, Jim. That's all. All right, John settled down during the break, making the decision. Does he want to yell like Mad Dog Russo or not? So I have to find something maybe that will get you lit. I oh. saw this yesterday with Shohei Otani about Shohei has been pulled off the market by the Angels. Oh, we he- need music? He was okay. He was never on the market. The entire time that this reporting has happened, go back to two Sunday nights ago. They're playing the Houston Astros. And Buster Olney has the audacity to ask Phil Nevin in the middle of the game about trading Shohei Otani. And all the narrative is like, oh, they pulled him off the market. He was never on. General manager Perry Manassian even said it today. It was never a topic. You, the mainstream media, all you want to do is ship off Shohei Otani to every other club. Mets, you're not getting them. Yankees, you're not getting them. And then to have the audacity after this to go, what are they doing buying Lucas Giolito? Because they want to make the playoffs throwing three games out. And then other teams like the Padres, every time you talk to an MLB analyst, oh, Padres will get it together. They're six and a half games out. They're five and five in their last ten. Oh, but the Angels, oh, they're dead. Absolutely crushed the Detroit Tigers today in a doubleheader. Three games out. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. He's not going anywhere. Is that, was that good? Yeah. I mean, it was mostly believable. Uh, <laughs> when we put the video out, DeMond just laughing the whole time kind of <laughs> takes away from it. The music really helped. You got, I mean, you got to really play, play the straight man here. Like, look a little bit scared. I'm sorry. At one point, he points at me, <laughs> and I just couldn't handle it. That's funny. That was good. 
But I know you, yeah, you actually are really passionate about it. So well, that, that, was, I, that was there. I, I do think the points I was making, I felt, and it really wasn't yelling about it. But like I ran into Mike Palm when I was leaving my VEASAN show today. And we had Mike Palm on Radio Row at Mountain West when we were down there at Circa. And we both said the same thing. Well, he's not going anywhere. No, there, there was never any indication. Every report you heard was, yeah, like, like if, if people call, we'll listen. That's not him on the market. Right. That's teams doing their due diligence, listening, and then when they hang up, going, all right, it's not going anywhere. And, I, and I was there last week when uh, Palm was on from Circa, and you guys basically said the same thing during a live interview on Cofield. And, and, and by the way, can I say really quickly, because I think we have evidence to, to point to the fact that he was never on the market. Do you think it's a coincidence that five minutes after he was pulled off the market, Lucas Giolito is an angel? You know what I mean? Like, so they just they immediately were like, hmm, you know what? We're not going to trade him. And then in the span of an hour, let's go for it. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Get on the phones. Let's go. Trade, 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 trade. Right. Like, do you think that really happened? No. He was never on the market, and they were always calling around about deals to make the team better. Like, this is exactly what it was. And and for anybody who goes, because I heard a lot, everything you hear is like they're going to lose him for nothing. Here's the thing. First off, you don't know that, right? It's a minuscule chance, whatever percentage you want to put on it, there's still a percent that he sticks around. And if there was any player that you take the risk of sacrificing assets, even if you lose them for nothing, if that's going to happen, it's Shohei Otani. Because it's not just trading for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez and the Washington Nationals third baseman whose name escapes me right now. But it's, it's almost like I liken it to my other team, right, the Clippers. When they traded for Paul George, they didn't trade for Paul George. They traded for Kawhi Leonard because when Paul George came, Kawhi Leonard was going to come with them. It's the same thing here. You're trading for Lucas Giolito. You're trading for another bullpen arm. You're looking for another bat. But in reality, what you're doing is trying to show Shohei Otani we're willing to sacrifice assets. We want to make this work. We're going to get healthy. Drury's on the way back. Trout's on the way back. We think we can make the playoffs. We think we can build after this, and we're showing you that we can do it. And that's what those moves are about. Deja vu. College Conference Armageddon. I can't tell you how many times I said that, whatever it was, five, six years ago. Could be happening again in the Mountain uh, Time Zone, I guess uh, Central as well, and Pacific Time Zone. Colorado to the Big 12. Let's find out where it's at. It sounds like it's just about done and get the reaction of Chad Andrus, the fan in Denver. What's up, Chad? I really appreciate it. JVT's nod to Michael Malone with the put that in your pipe and smoke it a few minutes ago. I, I like that. That was good. Go. That was good. I like that you mm-hmm. check in on the show. Just do a little research beforehand. Right. What are you walking into? It's a very angry, screaming John Von Tobel, and uh, he may scream about Dion in a couple of minutes. All right, so on the ground uh, in Boulder, I'm guessing that's where they have these meetings with uh, regents and power brokers. So did they have a second meeting today, and what did the school come up with? Yeah, it's done. It's uh, it's approved unanimously. It's announced the Big 12 sent out a uh, very um, throwback statement of two words. They're back, referring to Colorado. So uh, after this season, it will be their final in the Pac-12. They will be members of the Big 12 once again. What does that cost? Uh, I don't know what it costs in terms to move, but obviously the net is a huge gain because they're getting a full $31.7 million media rights deal share when they rejoin the conference. And I was looking back at something I wrote um, on our DenverSports.com website in December about CU and how they should look at conference realignment going forward after they recommitted to athletics signified by the hiring of Deion Sanders. Um, At that time, 
the Pac-12 media deal was being projected to be at about $40 million, but people were starting to doubt if they were even going to get 30. Now I think it's a pretty clear indication that the Pac-12 schools are going to get significantly less than $30 million a year in whatever deal they end up getting when they get one, because Colorado bolted to lock in close to $32 million when they had the chance. Put the money aside. Do you like Colorado moving from the Pac-12 to the Big 12? What do you think of the Big 12? Uh, I think it's terrible. I think it's trash. I think it's a, a second-rate conference of try-hard teams that are, are never going to seriously compete on a national level. Yikes. TCU's national championship appearance aside, um, it's a basketball conference and a bunch of um, schools that are a definite tier or more below the University of Colorado academically and from a research standpoint. And um, I don't think there's going to be any fans remotely interested in any pack, in any Big 12 football matchup once Coach Prime coaches his opener at TCU this year, after that game passes, no one is ever going to have any flicker of interest in a Big 12 football matchup ever again. Wow. Were they, I mean, you're going to make the case that they were interested in the developing rivalries in the Pac-12. Um, it's hard because the Pac-12 forced Utah as their rival, and there just has never been anything there. So, um, you know, there was nothing there remotely close to in terms of what Colorado fans viewed Nebraska or even what they view Colorado State as their little brother here in the state. Um, So that was kind of forced, and I don't necessarily know that they were ever going to develop those rivalries in the Pac-12 given their lack of success, but it was a better fit for their student base, for their alumni base, where they needed to recruit players from. Um, This is just not a good fit for the long term. I understand why they did it in the short term because they got to pay their bills. And anybody that's been there where I have to do what I have to do to survive right now, this makes sense for them to survive right now. But long term, I hope this is just a temporary play for that university. Is this a big loss for the Pac-12? Because I keep making the case that I think if you were picking schools to leave the conference, at the very least the conversation is Colorado's part of it. I think it's going to start the domino effect. So that's why it's going to be a big loss for the Pac-12. I don't know that anybody is heartbroken in the Pac-12 about Colorado leaving, but when Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah follow and the conference crumbles, then they're going to realize, yeah, we probably should have done something to keep so you think all three of those schools will bolt on the Pac-12 and will have a you know a supersized Big 12? I think the Big 12 has to do something like that because they're not going to be at 13 teams in a season from now when they launch in 2024. There has to be at least one more, and they're going to want that to be a Power 5 school so they can go back to Fox and ESPN in their negotiations and saying, we added two more Power 5 schools, we need to up the per even with the up the total revenue, so it it is doled out properly. So I think they are hoping that is going to be one of the Arizona schools, if not both, or Utah. But I think that is going to be a chain reaction where all of them go. I don't think it's just going to be one more to go to fourteen. I think it's going to be three more to go to sixteen. Chad Andrews, the fan in Denver, getting reaction on Colorado going next year to the Big Twelve leaving the Pac-12. Uh, the chancellor at Colorado, last name, is that DeStefano? Is that how you say it? Yes, Phil okay. DeStefano. Yeah, so Phil DeStefano. What's your impression of him? Because I, I I, think the handwriting was a little bit on the wall because, uh, man, he does talk. I, like, I haven't seen his, the other presidents talk as much as that guy. Um, 
He does talk a lot. I'm not sure that's the best thing for an athletic program, but what do you think of him? And how much of this was his decision, or is it the Dion backers who really put pressure on the regions? It was definitely uh, heavily influenced by Stefano. They have clearly re-kind of configured the way they approach athletics. Part of the move to the Pac-12 was the academic fit and the way they viewed themselves nationally, and they still have that kind of uh, pride, we'll say, in the academic reputation of the University of Colorado, but their recommitment to athletics has now trumped that and thrown it out the window. Yeah. And Coach Prime is, is the biggest example of what they have done because all the admission standards that they had issues getting players in before have changed John. because he's got to get the guys there that he wants in the transfer portal. And they're clearly making a statement that we are going to shift our focus and reprioritize athletics again by taking this money and investing it not only in Coach Prime but the facilities there and then being willing to compete in a conference where, quite honestly, they are going to turn their nose up academically at most of the schools they're going to play against in the Big 12. Chad Andrus, the fan in Denver, up on Cofield and Company here on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, you are, I always forget where Denver is in proximity to Fort Collins. You're, uh, they're just up the road, right? Fort Collins is up the road, right? And Colorado yeah, Springs is down the road. Um, yeah, you, 70 miles apart. What do you think Colorado State is thinking? Because what I would what I would go with is uh, the Mountain West is going to be around, and let's push Gloria Navarez. All the presidents should be pushing to strengthen the Mountain West Conference. I don't know that thirsting for the Pac-12, which, I mean, it's looking more and more like, and I, I don't want to kill the guy before the final uh, story is told here, but it's looking more and more like George Klyavkov is not a great leader, and he also can't bring the forces the academic forces versus the athletic forces together in the Pac-12. What should CSU be hoping for, a stronger Mountain West or try to reach for the Pac-12, which we don't know the future of? I think they'll be the same conference, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the groups of schools that are going to be left are going to be pushed into one. So um, whatever you want to call that, if it results in an automatic bid to the 12-team football playoff, then that's great for Colorado yeah. State. And, and Colorado State has done an exceptional job in funding their facilities and their athletic department by Mountain West standards. They're the best-funded athletic program in the Mountain West. But when you start talking about being a Power 5 participant or getting automatic bids to anything that cashes big checks for you, they just built a new stadium, what, three years ago? It's 41,000 seats. The rest of the country, when you're talking about a 12-team football playoff and with the money this is going to bring in, when you start looking at the Big Ten schools, the SEC schools, and the teams that are going to be competing in this, are going to go, great, when are they going to build the other half of it? <laughs> and they don't even fill 41,000 seats. So, yes, you can hope and you can dream and you can do everything you can to get your piece of the pie, but you still are going to have to convince those other schools why they should share, and they don't have a reason to right now. But you're not suggesting a Pac-12 melding with the Mountain West Conference where Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, Washington State, and Oregon State are part of that conference. All of them? No, Washington and Oregon and Cal and Stanford won't be there. What do you think they're going to do? Well, they'll, they'll be in the Big Ten eventually. And, and part of what I've been pushing for since the, the recommitment to athletics and the hiring of Coach Prime, the, the failure of the University of Colorado with this deal is they should have spent every ounce of energy the last nine months trying to convince the Big Ten and show them why 
their major research university, their Association of American Universities, their uh, large enrollment public school, uh, their history, the mountain time zone, and the Denver market is a better fit for the Big Ten than Oregon is. And wow. fans will laugh at that because right. they were 1-11 last year, but it's fact. It has nothing to do with your record on the football field. Right. It has to do with what kind of money you can bring into the conference. And Colorado, along with Utah, are the only schools that could make the Big Ten a true coast-to-coast conference in every time zone when, starting this year, they have the 130 Eastern CBS game, or they have the, the Fox game, and then the CBS game, and then they have an NBC game at night. They have every time zone on Saturday. And if they want to cover that, and they want to truly go coast-to-coast, then they should add a team from the mountain time zone. And Colorado should have been positioning themselves for that invite along with Washington because they are a better candidate for the long term of the Big Ten than Oregon is. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to speak as a uh, Big Ten guy, long-time Big Ten guy. I'm not sure that I'm... I'm yeah. I'm, I'm a, I, no, hey, hey, hey! I can do it, all right? I can do it. Shut your mouth. I can do it, at least on the uh, the academic and research level and uh, also one of the uh, richest states in the country, uh, Rutgers and New Jersey. Um, so la- last thing on this, with uh, unless you have something else, John. Chad Anders is with us, the fan in Denver. I, I just want to find out what's going on on Sports Talk Radio on this because we know... Uh, the stations there, man, you guys are heavy on the Broncos. And now the Nuggets, or at least Jokic, has, you know, they've made their way into Sports Talk Radio. Does Colorado have a place on Sports Talk Radio? Like, how big a story is this for the next couple of days? Uh, it'll be a minor story for a couple really? of days. Okay. Um, the Buffs will be a bigger story for the first two games of the season when they play TCU in Nebraska on Fox Big Noon kickoff, the opening two weeks of the year. After that, it will not be a story. It just won't. The, the football team is not going to be very good there this year. And then when they go to the Big 12, there's not going to be anyone in this footprint, media, fan, or otherwise, that has any interest in Colorado football when they play Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, Baylor, and BYU. There's going to be zero interest in that ever. Yeah, I mentioned you know one of the biggest things about the Big 8 that was cool when Colorado was around, was Nebraska, but they're not there anymore. So that now, by the way, even though Nebraska has faltered badly because they've made a lot of bad football hires, that would be the coup of the Big Twelve or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be the Big Twelve to get Nebraska back. And but I don't know if Nebraska can pass up on whatever the per school TV money is going to be in the Big Ten coming up, like eighty-five to hundred million dollars. That's kind of a a big leap to uh, take backwards. Yeah, I don't think they're going to cut 70% of their media rights deal to go back to the Big 12. Uh, I, I don't see that one happening. Um, by the way, yeah. uh, lesson in marketing to everyone out there in athletics in the world we live in, um, you guys shouldn't be surprised, especially with what concert tickets will be at the Sphere. Um, <laughs> the Nebraska game at Colorado opening this year, the first home game for Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, the minimum face value College football ticket for that is three hundred and fifteen dollars. Wow. All right, all right. So that makes it worth it. Wait, make all the money you can until Dion potentially proves that Colorado's not going to win in football three and four and five years from now. So make your money, John. To add before- I, I I think I think in his mind, with a twelve team playoff and being in the Big Twelve a year from now, mm-hmm. he thinks that they're going to win the Big Twelve or come play in the championship game and be in a twelve team playoff. That is the way he thinks. 
Chad, before we go, are there going to be any hot takes in Denver radio over the next couple of days about Jokic showing more happiness about winning a horse championship than the NBA Finals? <laughs> oh, there already has been. Yes. It, it's been great. It has been great. Um, he is he is an international treasure. Uh, anything and everything possible must be done to protect that man at all costs. And I hope you saw the karaoke video. I got to check that out. Chad, you rule. Thanks for doing the spot on short notice, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Anytime, guys. Chad Anders, longtime Sports Talk host in Denver, another one of the guys who goes back to the great sports fan radio network days led by JT the Brick and others. Those were glorious days here in Las Vegas. Time to qualify for another spot in our Lotus Summer of Fun. We're giving away eight trips in eight weeks. This week's trip is pretty damn cool. Caller 7, 364-1100. You qualify for uh, a chance to win four tickets to an Aviators game. You also have a shot at the weekly grand prize. This trip is four days in Orlando, Disney World, Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center, or just take the cash straight up. That's $3,000. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the Lotus Summer of Fun, thanks to Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. It's hard to spell, but they're going to keep you cool at Gettle Lotus Summer of Fun. Qualifier right now. Caller 7364-1100. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So we just got done talking a little Colorado sports and athletics with Chad Anderson, the fan in Denver. It's official. Man, I can't believe they're going next year. And my question to Chad, which I don't think the numbers are out yet, uh, my question to Chad about what does Colorado have to pay to get out of a conference in one year, I would – have you seen the number? Like, what is the freaking exit fee for the Pac-12 with no notice? That's what I was thinking. I mean, because what, I, San Diego State was going to be 32? It was going to be $34 million to leave. Yeah, 34. Uh it was going to be at 17 to leave, and it was going to be 34. Like, if they decide to leave uh, now, um, it was going to be 34. It can't be that much from Colorado leaving the Pac 12. I mean, if, they're, if their share from the uh, Big 12 was 32 million, I can't imagine they're paying like 100 million. I would think not. I would think they made the decision with that in mind and that it was something easily palatable to make the move. There's a great shift going on here, though. And I wonder how many people driving around or listening on the, whatever you're listening, right? And because I brought this up a bunch of times when the initial Pac-12 rumors came up, and even the last round of realignment, these are institutions of learning, and many of them are state-funded, and the academic department does matter, and the mission of the school does matter, and donations to the school can very much be based on academics, and your endowment can be very much based on academics. Mm -hmm. Colorado basically just told you, you know what, academics? Shut the F up. We tried what you wanted to try. Now, of course, behind the scenes, be like, we effed it up because we had every opportunity to be good in the Pac-12. But we tried what you wanted to try, and we aligned with a conference that is more like us academically. We're done. Now we're cool going and being in a conference with Kansas, which is a good academic school. I'm not going to go down every school in the Big 12, but a lot of them are glorified JUCOs. Hate to hurt people's feelings, but there are some bad there, – there are some – no, I mean, you – in certain conferences – you know, athletics runs the whole place. Sure. It's just the way it is. And Colorado's basically said, you know what? We're done listening to academics. You don't have as much power. Shut up. That's a big change. I mean, I would say they made that statement with Dion and hiring him. And, yes. Yeah, right. Well, but this is next level. 
Sure. This is next level. Now, and Washington and Oregon are face are going to face this. Oregon, I think, to a lesser uh, you know, degree because they've they've been sports, and Phil Knight gives them mm-hmm. so much money. They have to be as much sports as academics. Washington is very cocky about its academics. And you remember, I think it was uh, – it was Jimmy Lake about two years ago as he was kind of failing and flopping as a head coach who tried to look down his nose and talk about Oregon having advantages because they're not the same academic school as we are. Mm-hmm. So Oregon thinks of itself you know, pretty well academically. But what happens if there's no Big Ten invite? Big Ten doesn't – they don't have to expand. That's what I – And I think Big Ten has other – I mean, I, for, the first target is it's going to be Notre Dame. should be. And then it doesn't have to be Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. Oregon's very interesting because of the budget. I just think I like that's why I keep going back to I'm not as in on the Pac-12 is going to dissolve and fall apart. Yeah, I think there's a route in which they can take that they, they can keep their as we've called them their pillar programs and but add a what, couple at the but, fringes. But what happens if Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all say goodbye? Yeah, right. But if if Washington, Oregon, Cal, and Stanford, and I know Cal's struggling right now, Stanford is still a freaking powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Here's the other thing, and I, that was the other question I wanted to ask, Chad. It, these things don't run the place, but the Olympic sports do matter, and the Pac-12 is really big on the Olympic sports, and there are some schools like Stanford that are awesome at the Olympic sports. Now, again, football may make the decision. Stan- Stanford's a whole other case. Mm. Um, one, of these t- one of these days when you're on the road, because uh, you know, you're, you're traveling with uh, UNLV and Learfield often, uh, talk to John Sandler about Stanford. That's where he went. It's a very interesting place. We've had Stanford people on. We've had Cal people on. Because I find that whole thing really intriguing about the academics where, you know, hey, the school forever, athletics is cool. And it's good for branding. And, yeah, we want to win. Academics, though. So are Cal or – I'm sorry, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Washington powerful enough to justify – do they want to stay? I mean, they're – those four are perfect for just about. Mm -hmm. They're, They're the matches to the Big Ten. But if the Big Ten doesn't have an invite coming for eight years, what are you going to do? So, so Washington, Oregon, Cal, Stanford could be independent. Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be. I was thinking Stanford independence, but yeah, I didn't think about all those others. All right. Yep. What are they going to do? Because as an independent, yeah, there's, you know, the the rules for Notre Dame. If I'm correct, they can never be a top four team in the college football playoff because those spots are reserved for conferences. Oh, I'm like the new one you're saying. The new one coming yeah. up in 2024. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you, so you would add Oregon, Washington. Well, I think we talked Cal and Stanford potentially if there's no Pac-12 and their independence to that mix. I'm going to look this up before. Did, did Notre Dame finalize its new TV rights deal yet? I don't know. Cause, well, because that's what I remember this. I thought, this I came thought up. they were getting a pretty rich deal from NBC. Well, that, and that's what we were talking about, which was given how much each of these teams in this new Big Ten is going to get, you would think that Notre Dame is going to get something on par, if not better, to the, to pass up going there and getting that money, yeah. right? And on top of that, like you said, for a t- for a program, a football program that fancies itself one that can contend in the top four, to not give yourself that opportunity. On top of the cache, it's going to be interesting. And I would like to say that hey, George Klyavkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, has all this handled and. They're going to rally. They're going to rally. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know why this is taking so long. Uh, they were sort of puffing out their chest last week saying, you know what? All this time it's taken to get a TV deal, it's actually benefited us. Now there's more players at the table. We're going to wind up with a great deal. Okay, come on. How much longer? Right? It's coming. And you know what? All these, a lot of these schools, people are freaking out. Like We don't, we don't want to be left outside the party. 
Like what the hell? What what's what's Wazoo and Oregon State thinking right now? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know the funny thing is Justin Watkins, who's uh on with us on Wednesdays, are legal insider. He went to Oregon State, and I think I remember him suggesting that listen, the money won't be there in a non-Pac-12 affiliation, but maybe the school will be more evenly matched in terms of athletics in a different conference. I'll call it a lesser conference. No insult to the Mountain West Conference. Good job, John. Check out all of our social media. At Steve Cofield, at Demon underscore the boss, at me, JBT, at ESPN Las Vegas, Facebook. Everywhere! We're everywhere! Thanks,